0: I'm having the burnt cheesecake that I made yesterday. Actually, I did make a video about this, but I haven't edited it yet. So you don't know about this yet. Um, But yeah, um, I went out, had my walk and it was so windy and only only now the sun is coming out. I was hoping to do this outdoors, but it was just so cold. And moreover, it's very windy. So I knew that the audio would be horrible. But now look at it, it's so still and so sunny. Uh, timing. Anyway, I'm back. I got to eat my cheesecake at least. The website says this is the easiest cheesecake to make, and it really is. Fantastic. Okay, on to business. Um, I'm going to do one more reading. That's all. I'm going to look at Numbers chapter something. Is see 11 we're going to look at Numbers chapter eleven, and we're going to call it a day. Um, yeah, see what we can learn from Numbers chapter eleven. Um, if you caught my earlier stream, we looked at <laughs> Isaiah chapter one. I thought I would do it the easy route and read an old sermon, but it turned out to be so long. It took almost an hour to read through that sermon. But it was good, Isaiah chapter 1. So check that out. Uh, I did that about an hour ago. Went out for my walk, came back in, and I'm going to do Numbers chapter 11 now, if I can find it. Numbers chapter 11, where are you? Where are you? Is it 11? Yeah. Okay. All right. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word. Help us to understand it, to apply it to our lives. Even now, as we read it, help us to understand it so that we can come to you uh, in obedience, repentance, and in faith. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So this is Numbers chapter 11. We read this in my Bible. Now the people complained about their hardships in the hearing of the Lord. And when he heard that, his anger was aroused. The f- Then fire from the Lord burned among them and consumed them out of the... Consumed some out of the outskirts of the camp. When the people cried out to Moses, he prayed to the Lord and the fire died down. So that place was called Tabera. Let me look at my footnotes what Tabera means. Tabera means burning. (laughs) That place where God burned them because they complained against them. So they called it burning. Because fire from the Lord had burned among them. Verse 4, The rabble with them began to crave other food and again the israelites started wailing and said if only we had meat to eat we remember the fish we ate in egypt at no cost also the cucumbers melons leeks onions and garlic but now we've lost our appetite we never see anything but this manna the manna was like coriander seed and looked like resin the people went around gathering it and then ground it in a hand mill or crushed it in a mortar. They cooked it in a pot or made it into cakes and it tasted like something made with olive oil. Then the dews settled on the camp at night. The manna also came down. Moses heard the people of every family wailing, ah! each of, at the entrance of his tent. The Lord became exceedingly angry and Moses was troubled. He asked the Lord, why have you brought this trouble in your servant? Why have I, what have I done to displease you that you put the burden of all these people on me? Did I conceive all these people? Did I give them birth? Why do you tell me to carry them in my arms as a nurse carries an infant to the land you promised on oath to their forefathers? Where can I get meat for all these people to? Uh, For all these people, they keep wailing to me, Give us meat to eat. I cannot carry all these people by myself. The burden is too heavy for me. If this is how you're going to treat me, put me to death right now. If I found favor in your eyes, and do not let me face my own ruin. Verse 16, the Lord said to Moses, Bring me seventy of Israel's elders who are known to you as leaders and officials, among the people. Make them stand, make them come to the tent of meeting, that they may stand there with you. I will come down and speak with you there, and I will take up the spirit that is on you and put the spirit on them. They will help you carry the burden of the people so that you will not have to carry it alone. Tell the people, consecrate yourselves in preparation for tomorrow when you will eat meat." The Lord heard you when you wailed. If only we had meat to eat. We were better off in Egypt. Now the Lord will give you eat meat and you will eat it. You will not eat it for just one day or two days or five days or 10 days or 20 days, but for the whole month until it comes out of your nostril and you load it. Because you have rejected the Lord who is among you and you've wailed before him saying, Why did we ever leave Egypt? verse 21, but Moses said, Here I am among 600,000 men on foot, and you say, I will give them meat to eat for a whole month. Would they have enough if flocks and herds were slaughtered for them? Would they have enough if all the fish of the sea were caught for them? The Lord answered Moses, Is the Lord's arm too short? You will now see whether or not I say, what I say will come true for you. So Moses went out and told the people what the Lord had said. He brought together 70 of their elders and made them stand round the tent. Then the Lord came in the cloud and spoke with him, and he took off the spirit that was on him and put the spirit on the 70 elders. When the spirit rested on them, they prophesied, but they did not do so again. Let me see what they wrote in the footnotes. Or they continued to do so. So it could be either they prophesied and they didn't do it again, or they prophesied and they continued to do so. Either way, they prophesied. However, verse 26, two men whose names were Eldad and Medad had remained in the camp. So all of them were on the tent. These two guys were in the camp. They were listed among the elders, but did not go out to the tent. Yet the Spirit also rested on them, and they prophesied in the camp. Ah, a young man ran and told Moses, Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp. Joshua, son of Nun, who had been Moses' assistant since youth, spoke up and said, Moses, my Lord, stop them. Uh, but Moses said, Are you jealous for my sake? I wish that all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put his spirit on them. Then Moses and the elders of Israel returned to the camp. Now a wind went out from the Lord and drove quail, which birds, meow, 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 quail, in from the sea. It brought them down all around the camp to about three feet above the ground. As far as a day's walk in any direction, all that day and night, and all the next day, the people went out and gathered quail. <laughs> These birds. No one gathered less than ten omers. And omers. How much is that? And footnotes, 60 bushels, 2.2 kiloliters. Wow. A lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, then they spread them out all around the camp. But while the meat was still between their teeth and before it could be consumed, the anger of the Lord burned against the people and he struck them with a severe plague. Therefore... The place was named Kibroth Hattava because they had bur- buried the people who had craved other food. From Kibroth Hattava, the people traveled to Hazeroth and stayed there. Kibroth Hatava means graves of ke- craving. So, graves of people who craved the food back in Egypt. When they had all the kinds of different food. what was it again? Uh, um, uh, cucumbers, melons, leeks, onions, fish, garlic. Yeah. Okay. Any ideas? What do you think? Numbers chapter 11. Also complaining. Yeah? Do you notice that the people complained in the beginning? For no reason, you're just complaining. Verse 1, the people complained and then they got burned up. And the place was called Tabera, meaning place of burning, so they get burned up. And after that, they complain some more about the food, about how back in Egypt, where they left, and say, "Oh, we had fish. We had variety. You know, compared to manna, 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 every day we eat manna only, manna, manna." So they're saying, "Oh wow, well, we had a buffet back in Egypt," and they complain, complain, complain against God. And the word used there is wailed. That kind of thing, yeah. They keep saying that. Even God says, "You wailed against me." But not only that, Moses is complaining. So Moses is complaining before God. No, why did you do this to me? Did I, did I give birth to them? Why have you put this burden on me? So it seems everyone in this chapter is complaining. But for some reason, when the people complain, God kills them. <laughs> In the beginning there's this fire that comes up, burns everyone out. In the end there's this plague. They all die of the sickness. And you've got these graves of craving. Can you imagine these graves? Maybe the graves of a shape shape of of the birds. <laughs> they crave birds. The graves. Can you imagine? Graves shaped of like hamburgers or Kentucky fried chicken in the box. Yeah. Graves of craving. I'm craving of this uh, cheesecake right now. Can I mention I'm lactose intolerant? <laughs> I'm eating this. But what is it when the people complain god strikes them down when moses complain god gives his spirit to the 70 elders and they're prophesying Ooh, everyone's prophesying hmm. and it's quite obvious as well it begins and ends with craving with with wailing with complaining and both die but in the middle moses is complaining you no know, spirit of god gets distributed amongst the 70 elders And what's the business with this, Edad and Meldad, is it? Eldad and Medad, these two guys who are outside the camp as well, who are prophesying. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Any ideas? Well, even amidst the complaining, uh, God is very gracious. You see with the people, they complain that they don't have anything other than manna, and God sends all these quail, protein. Towards them, and then they gather like two point two kiloliters. Imagine why is it that they measure quail in terms of? <laughs> it's what, like liquid, but obviously a lot of quail. So they gather all this quail, and there's so much of it. But at the same time, you get a sense. That God is kind of angry as He sends them this quail. Ha! No, there you go. He sends them all this quail. Say, you think I can't do this? Even Moses thinks, you know, I can't do this. But it's the arm of the Lord too short. And God sends all this quail, and they have all this quail, and they're eating this quail, except that they get killed before they get to enjoy it. And I think that word craving, <clears throat> the graves of cravings, means that it shows that they're not going to stop, even if God gives them what they want. And we've seen it already, because they were complaining before, they complain still, and the truth is, even if God gives them what they want, they're going to complain some more, because it's an appetite kind of thing. It's that craving, it's not hunger, it's not that they don't have food. They have food, they have manna, it's just that they want other food. And it's symbolic, I think of them, symbolic, sorry, it's not symbolic, symbolic of them wanting other gods. And I think, therefore, that's the difference between Moses' complaint. Because he has this burden. And this is a burden that God has given. It's a responsibility. He is actually really, really concerned about the people. But it's too much for him to bear. And I think God sees that. And you see the change in Moses after God actually kind of relents and actually gives him uh, these other leaders who share this responsibility. He takes some of his spirit and gives it to them. I think mean, it's significant as well the way that I described it described that took some of the spirit that was on Moses, and shared it with his people. Almost as if there's maybe like less of spirit on Moses. Now I don't know. I don't. I I really don't know if that's the case. But it shows maybe even Moses' generosity to share the burden and the responsibility that others are able to join him and others are able to do this ministry. And definitely you see this with this Eldad and Medad business. These two other guys who are also prophesying and. All, everyone else is, their concern for Moses, you know, is people going to steal his, you know, position, his status, because pro- previously only he could prophesy, only he could speak on God's behalf, and now all these other people are speaking as well. So said, no, 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 I wish that everyone, everyone would have this gift, this ministry, that it wasn't just exclusive to me. And you start to see this change in Moses, that he starts to see that it's not his as a privilege, you know. He, it's, it's not his, you know, it's just for him as this kind of, like, copyright. But he wants to share. He wants other people to do this as well. And it works for him as well. It means that, you know, he doesn't have the sh- shoulder the bo- burn on his own, but other people are able to share in his ministry. Other people are able to do this work together. Unlike the people who are craving for the meat, who already have so much, but they want more, Moses actually wants less. They want more variety. He actually, <laughs> he wants... More people, to not just him, you know, not just that, not just everything is just on him. And I think there's a difference in both. Now, I think in Moses as well, you know, I'm not sure that it's entirely positive, you know, and it's understandable. Therefore, you know, when someone who has this responsibility kind of like have their off days, and I think this is an off day for Moses. It's just so much responsibility, and maybe it wasn't the best day to like lash out at God. Ah, oh, God, you you did this to me. But, you know, I know, I think it just shows God's graciousness. Sorry, my eyes. Where was it? Um, yeah, dirt. Um, yeah, I think it just shows how gracious God is with Moses. And God understands. God relents with him. You know, Moses says, you know, you, you think you can really do this? God says, you know, I am God. You know, my arm is not too short. I can't really do this. And God really, really shows so much grace towards Moses, and it results in this fruit of generosity. He shares his ministry with more people. But when God shows that similar kind of grace towards these other people who really don't appreciate it, who don't respect it, and they're just using it as an excuse to complain against God even more, that grace can actually turn against them. It can turn into judgment. It can turn towards their destruction. And I think that That's the difference then. Yeah. Um, So there's an application here for just generally people who are Christians, you know, who receive God's grace. Don't take that in uh, in bad faith. You know, Um, you can approach God. You know, he understands. And you know, God is much more gracious than we are. He understands. He understands our situation. But at the same time, not to take it for granted. And especially if you're in ministry, you know, to actually want to share this gift with others not to make it exclusive and sometimes sometimes i i recognize it in myself you know you can create this kind of like pity party oh poor me i have all this work to do i have to do it for god and it really woke me up a few days ago when i read this article by uh, john piper uh, who was commenting on this scandal for this christian leader yeah if you if you've been in the news you know who i'm talking about And he said that somehow this leader who had huge responsibility was going around telling his followers, oh, poor me, you know, oh, please, please, you know, have pity on me. And then he kind of prayed on them as a result of that. He was saying, you know, be careful of that. And almost warning those who are leaders, don't do that, you know. And, And, you know, it is very tempting. It is very tempting, you know, to make a big deal about, you know, oh, I have to do all these kind of ministry. I have all these troublesome people. And you complain, 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 complain. But really, you're using it as a way of drawing attention to yourself. It's a way for you to almost manipulate people and to think that you can trick God into giving you something that you want for them, you know, giving them meat, you know, more variety, a buffet of food. But really, it is your undoing. It can turn into destruction. But at the same time, you know, there will be instances in ministry, in serving God, where, you know, it will be just so tough and God understands it. And you can, you can actually, in a sense, complain to God. And, you know, He will understand way that your heart is right. And when you do receive that grace to recognize it as grace, you know, it often results in you not having more superpowers, but actually you having to share it responsibility with others. Maybe you having less and other people having more. And actually rejoicing when other people having more, having other people and every, you wishing everyone had this this blessing and this grace of ministry of serving people and he will serve God. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how about that? Yeah. Numbers chapter 11. Mm. Complaining about complaining. Yeah. You you can. In your prayers. I mean, we've read, we read in the Psalms a few days ago. Wake up God. That's kind of scary thing to say to God, right? Go to a lion who had to wake the lion up. But you know, if again understanding that God is gracious, we are not always perfect, but that God can tell when we're doing this out of his best interest, we're seeking his glory, and those times then to repent and to be gracious in the same way that God has been gracious to us. But to be careful not to take it for granted. Sometimes that thing that God is giving you, precisely because you asked for it, out of a pure heart. Will be our doing you know will be our graves of our craving this is your broth hatava the graves of the cravings or the graves of the people who are never satisfied who are all who would just find more reason to complain after this um i was i was really struck uh and i'm going to end after this by the way i saw this video of francis chan and i didn't read it. i didn't I didn't watch the whole thing because it's too long it's a bit too boring but i watched the introduction and it was interesting because his wife described him as the happiest person she knows. And, you know, I think there's, it doesn't mean that he doesn't have problems. It doesn't mean that there aren't challenges. But there is just so much in life that God has given us in graciousness and blessing. that You know, we should be the happiest people we know. In the midst of suffering, in the midst of challenges. And, but, you know, I think Moses at the end of this, you know, he's rejoicing. That, you know, God has answered his prayer. God has been gracious to him. And other people are being blessed because of this answer to prayer. And so, you know, if you're serving God and you feel only ever complaining and bitter and, you know, have this pity party, you know, why not try and be the happiest person that you know? Because you have this ministry from God that is overflowing to others. And seek to share it with others. And see that others do even more than you. Seventy people, right? Than just little old you. And see that as an answer to prayer. And see that as a way to just mend our complaining hearts. And to share that generous heart that God has given us through His grace. Okay, let's go and pray. That's too long already. Is how many minutes already? already? Going to pray now. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that even as we complain to you, you hear us in grace. And to forgive us, Lord and we take that grace for granted. But give us Lord, a heart that is generous to receive it and to share it with others and to rejoice when it is, you know, it is received by others, Lord, by this ministry, salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ, even if it's just cheesecake. Yeah. Help us to share this, these things, things that you've given us. Help us to rejoice it again, and then when others receive it, even more than us. We thank you, we praise you, we give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Have a good evening. Hope you're having a nice dinner. Hope you have nice dessert as well. You know, be the most blessed person you know. Because in Christ, you are.